Eagles Entertainment. With the 13th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select... You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by Life Brand. I'm your host, Fran Duffy, and we continue today our conference previews. Last week, we got you ready for all of the top prospects outside of the Power Five, which means that here today we begin our preview of all of the Power Five conferences as we get ready for the college football season. We're going to do the SEC, we're going to do the Big 12, the ACC, the Pac-12, and today, the Big 12. Now, with each of these conferences, we are going to get into the topic of conference realignment, which is going to be a big topic in college football, really moving forward here over these next few years. Once again, the current alignment here in this conference in the Big 12, 10 teams with a title game, no divisions, You have Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU, Iowa State. They're definitely the more well-known programs. But also, don't forget, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Kansas, and Kansas State. So you've got 10 teams right now. Uh, If you look at just those 10 teams, only three players have been selected in the top 20 of the last five drafts. When you talk about NFL talent coming from the Big 12, it's definitely been a little bit of a downstretch. All three of those players, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, and CeeDee Lamb, All three came from Lincoln Riley's Oklahoma Sooners. Oklahoma on the way out of the Big 12. Uh, Lincoln Riley already out of the Big 12 as he went out west to USC. So uh, definitely need to see some of these other teams in the Big 12 start to continue to churn out more talent. That said, there are still plenty of players to be excited about, even though they're not going in the top 20 of these drafts. Now, I talked about Oklahoma leaving the Big 12. Well, Texas is also going to be leaving the Big 12. They're going to be heading to the SEC in 2024. But... Before that, as early as next year, we're going to see four new teams join this conference. As late as 2025, it depends on what you read. It seems like it's constantly changing. But as early as next season, we could see Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and BYU all join the Big 12. And if you think, if you look at all four of those programs, they've done a nice job of churning out NFL talent over the last decade plus. So I think when you look at those four, some big additions there for the Big 12, obviously losing Texas and Oklahoma, huge for that conference. And uh, something tells me that's not the last domino to fall with this discussion. But that's where we are as we record here today. And again, that would bring, uh, by the time we get to 2024 and Oklahoma and Texas leave, the conference would be back up to 12 teams. The Big 12 would be back to 12 teams. Uh, and I would, my guess is they would likely split out into two divisions uh, once again with a title game. Right now, like I said, uh, no divisions, just one whole conference, everybody doing a round robin. That said, uh, excited to start breaking this all down. Here with Draft Buzz, we've got Ben Fennel and Dane Brewer. We're going to break down the top prospects, all the same categories you're used to by this point. Uh, before we get started, as always, make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you listen. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. If you've got a question about a prospect, anybody in particular that you're interested to know more about, if you want anything about the draft process or the college football season, uh, really anything, getting into this part of the college football calendar and the NFL draft calendar, uh, that's Now's the time. Jump on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. If you've got a question, put it in the comment box. We'll answer it here on an upcoming episode. That said, let's get into this here. Excited to talk through the Big 12 prospects here with Draft Buzz, Dane Brugler, and Ben Fenn. Now it's time for Draft Buzz. 
All right, well, time to welcome in Dane Brugler and Ben Fennell as we get through uh, the top Big 12 prospects here coming into the college football season here in 2022. Uh, Again, I will explain the categories as we go, and we'll start with the low-hanging fruit, the top prospect, the the guy for 2022 that, regardless of position in the entire conference, we're most excited about. Ben, uh, I will let you do the honors here to start us off with this category. And I thought that was an appropriate setup with the low-hanging fruit because all intents and purposes – the top prospect out of the Big 12 is running back B. John Robinson out of Texas. I think it's a pretty consensus view at this point. So low-hanging fruit, I think, is appropriate for the nearly six-foot, nearly 225-pound true junior running back. This is a very well-built kid, a very well-defined lower half. And what makes B. John Robinson so special is the dangerous combination of being an exceptionally elusive running back yet a finishing, aggressive running back. He really knows when to turn into the aggressor in the run pattern. He makes tons of players miss. He blasts through arm tackles, but he has exceptional finish to the runs as well. And his short area quickness is exceptional. You can see the burst, the surge. And that burst and surge you see in different ways. You can see him obviously open up his speed and take away some angles with burst. But he can also burst when he's finishing runs and beating a defender to that low spot and lowering his pads and little, uh, you know, caveats like that. He's a really interesting running back. His incredible missed tackle rate, 4.6 yards after contact per rush. I think it really speaks to that aggressive nature and finishing. By the way, that's the same number as Javante Williams, his final season at North Carolina, which we all gushed about his contact balance and finishing runs. Bijan's not too much different. Now, some of the issues, I don't think Bijan has exceptional home run speed. I don't think he has elite juice in the open field. He only had two runs over 40 yards last year on 195 attempts. I feel like he gets caught from behind a lot. I know people are saying, well, Ben, you just said he's explosive and he has burst. Long speed and burst shows up differently. And I think you look at a guy like Nick Chubb, who's a 4.55 running back, but jumps nearly 40 inches. I think that's really kind of the snapshot of running back you're getting. A powerful, well-built guy with good bursts and acceleration. Maybe not going to break off the 50-yard runs on you, but he's an explosive presence. And the last thing I have to say, 41 catches in the past game the last two years, they featured him quite a bit. They line him up in the slot on third and fourth down, sometimes out wide in some empty formations, a lot of screens, some bubbles, some mesh swings. This kid can catch the football. Now let's see how much more can he do in that Sarkeesian offense into his third year and really show some of those Sunday evaluators what else I can do because he can really tote that rock between the tackles. And if if I told you he was the best running back prospect since Saquon Barkley, Mm. are you agree, disagree? What, What do you think about that statement? I think that's appropriate. And I think after, you know, kind of rounding out his study this morning and really diving into what he did in the past game, and I kind of had a realization this morning that I didn't have a full snapshot of what he did in the past game, I was really blown away. Now, will he test like Saquon and run in the four threes at 230 pounds? No, it's not going to happen. But that's okay. And I think you're going to get this Nick Chubb type of player. Is he going to surprise you and run 438 like Jonathan Taylor? No, that's not going to happen. But that's okay. Is he the best prospect since Saquon? Yes. Will he test like Saquon? No. And that's okay. He could still be an exceptional running back at the next level. 
I think pass pro is another area I'd like to see him get a little bit better at as well. Uh, when you talk about just the full picture of the, of the pass game, he's really impressive as a receiver, but uh, pass pro across the board, I'd just like to see him get a little bit better. But Ben, I thought you uh, summed him up really, really well. I don't really have anything else to add. Just a, a really remarkable talent. Uh, Dane, t- take us through uh, your top prospect here. Obviously, I think all of us can agree that Bijan probably the number one prospect in the Big 12, but uh, who are some other players that deserve some recognition here? Yeah, I'm going on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, any any conversation about who the best senior uh, prospect is on defense, regardless of conference, I, I think that conversation must include Tyree Wilson, um, a defensive end from Texas Tech. His career has been a little bit of a slow burn. Uh, he started out at AM, transferred to Tech, finally you know, kind of broke through last year, uh, set the bar high uh, going into this season. Physically, Straight out of central casting, six five and a half, two hundred and seventy pounds, thirty five and a half inch arms. He's long. He's strong. Plays with physical hands. He can beat down the door, create havoc in the pocket. Uh, he'll get a, off balance at times. Uh, he needs to be a little more seasoned with his setup. But the talent that he has with those measurables, that's that's what NFL teams are going to bet on early in the draft. So um, I think he's kind of in that first round conversation uh, and as one of the the top defensive seniors uh, that we have this year. Yeah, a guy that certainly has gotten a lot of buzz, uh, and that that size strength profile is definitely something that's going to benefit him uh, moving forward throughout the process. Excited to see, see what he does here as a senior. Uh, I'm going to stick on the defensive line for my pick here, guys, and I'm going to go. This is going to be a little bit of a projection uh, because I, at first I thought I was going to go with Oklahoma wide receiver Marvin Mims, um, but. I think I want to go with his teammate on the defensive side of the ball, defensive tackle Jalen Redmond, 6'3", just under 290 pounds. Uh, this is a high school DN that made the transition to the interior as he got to Norman. And look, he, he has missed a, missed a lot of time for a variety of reasons. He opted out back in 2020. He missed time due to, I believe it was blood clots, right, Ben? Back in uh, 2018, he missed a handful of games last season in 2021 in the middle of the season, right? So he's missed a lot of time. But whenever he's been on the field, Number one, this guy has been extremely productive. I mean, he's all, he's played less than 700 snaps. He's got 10 sacks, 13 quarterback hits, 31 QB hurries, 21 and a half TFLs. I mean, this guy is always impacting the football. And when you look at like the win rate stuff, like for the, from PFF, the pass rush win rate, win rate uh, third down, base downs, pressure rates, all really, really high. Uh, he's been really, really disruptive. He doesn't miss tackles in the run game. Um, and when I, when I watch him, I mean, this guy is just so fast off the ball. Everything is so explosive. He turns the corner really well. Ben, you and I were watching him together uh, last week. He had a bunch of snaps where he was lined up out wide as a defensive end, and he was beating Big 12 tackles, uh, you know, high side, you know, clearing the hands and turning the corner like a defensive end at just under 290 pounds. So I think when you look at Jalen Redmond, uh, this is a guy I remember when we were talking about Perry and Winfrey going into the senior bowl last year, the former Oklahoma defensive tackle. It's like, yeah, you know, like the, the traits are there and you see it in flashes, but he just was never really able to produce and the, the win rates weren't really, really impressive. Well, Redmond played in that same scheme and has been extremely productive and has been really efficient. So when I look at Redmond and say, yeah, like this guy, the arrow could be pointing up. If he can put together a full season this year, play a full 12, 13 games, uh, you know, and really prove that he can be that every down presence, I don't see why this guy can't be in that top 50 conversation as one of the top prospects in the Big 12. So uh, Jalen Redmond, uh, the guy that I wanted to hit on, I wasn't sure if either of you guys had watched any of them, but uh, a guy that has really caught my eye. Yeah, I I have not done a deep dive on him yet, but – Watching Winfrey last year, I mean, you, you definitely see a guy that 
has talent. And so uh, you, you mentioned those, the production, I mean, that alone gets your attention. So, you know, with the new scheme uh, in in Oklahoma this year, it'll be interesting to see how he does. And uh, you know, with the new coaching staff, how how that changes anything. So definitely got to watch. Well, let's uh, let's stick with the senior class here and we'll go now to the offensive side of the football. Dane, you'll start us off our top senior on offense for the big 12 uh, as we get into this class. And I was a little surprised when you think of the big 12, you think offense, right. And fireworks, but I didn't think there was a no brainer uh, for this category. Uh, so I'm going to go in the trenches. I'm going to go with Steve Avila, uh, one of the best centers in the country uh, at a TCU. He's big, he's athletic, six, four, 340 pounds. Um, he's experienced in multiple positions, made starts at tackle guard center over the last few years. So I, I think that, uh, you know, he, he moves pretty well, but it's the power that he flashes in his base and his hands. I think that's going to translate really well to the next level. So Steve Avila, uh, potential day two pick as one of the better interior uh, blockers that the senior class has to offer. Yeah, a guy that uh, there's definitely been some buzz about him. I have not done the deep dive on him, but uh, a guy that definitely I would have considered uh, doing some work on going into this pod if I wanted to go that direction. Um, For me, I'm going to go to quarterback. And this is a guy that's played a lot of football. That's Oklahoma State's quarterback, Spencer Sanders. He took over for Mason Rudolph as the starter in 2019. Uh, Look, I mean, he's won a lot of games. He's played a lot of football over the course of his career. 6'1", 219 pounds. I'll, let's start with the good. I think you're seeing, first of all, a, a twitched up passer. Uh, this is a guy that's got movement skills. He can p- make plays outside the pocket. I really like his touch uh, at all levels of the field. He throws a great deep ball. He can layer throws in the intermediate area of the field. Uh, the arm talent is fine. There's I don't see any huge issues uh, from an arm talent standpoint. Definitely needs to clean up mechanics, both in his upper body and lower body. That's stuff that can be fixed. He's thrown a lot of picks over the course of his career, and that's something that will definitely need to change. Uh, All three years as a starter, he's been in double digits for interceptions. The only one that wasn't was that COVID-shortened year in 2020. So you'd like to be able to see those interceptions cut down. Um, But I think you're seeing a guy that's got some upside. There's definitely tools to work with there with Spencer Sanders. Again, you talk about the athleticism. You talk about the arm talent and the touch. Uh, I'm intrigued to see what he can do here with another year under center uh, or in the gun uh, for most of the time there uh, out there with, uh, with Oklahoma State. But I think when you look at Spencer Sanders, definitely an intriguing talent at the quarterback position. Uh, ben, who would be your top senior on offense? Well, I'm going to join Dane with the offensive line conversation. And I agree, you know, it's kind of tough to find an offensive senior to fit this category, but there's some pretty veteran O-line units, whether it's TCU, Baylor, Kansas State. So let's address some of those. And I think Baylor's left tackle, left tackle Connor Galvin really kind of fits the mold for this category. He's a fifth-year senior, nearly 2,600 snaps played, 6'7", 310 pounds, no sacks allowed last year. Really reminded me of like a Taylor Decker type, a little bit tall, a little upright, has some pad-level issues at time, but when it looks right, it's very Taylor Decker-like. Um, he's really good in pass pro. His run game stuff is just so inconsistent. Yep. Very average athlete, average technique at times, average play strength. I think that's why he went back for that fifth season. Probably got a fifth, sixth grade from the advisory committee last year. And he said, no, no, no. Let me get into that day two category. Let me go back and improve. Running back Abram Smith, 1,600 yards. But I feel like he generated more than the O-line blocked for. That O-line unit's a veteran in 2022. They need to improve, and it starts with Connor Galvin there. Left tackle, big 6'7", Connor Galvin for Baylor. 
And I think you mentioned too, uh, zero sacks last year as a mm-hmm. senior, uh, very low percentage of screen passes, low percentage of RPO. So a lot of straight pass sets uh, where he's put on an Island and he, he didn't give up a lot of pressure. So uh, that's a credit there to Connor Galvin. Uh, let's stay on the offensive side of the football. All three of us kind of agreed that it was tough to really lock in on one, one senior or even two seniors that we felt like great about, like say, okay, this guy is uh, definitely someone that we need to take note of. I do think on offense on the with the underclassmen, there are a bunch of really intriguing talents, and we'll see what they do here in 2022. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy that I, I referenced earlier, and that's Marvin Mims, the wide receiver from Oklahoma. He burst onto the scene. He had nine touchdowns uh, as a wide receiver in his freshman year in 2020. Came back last year as a starter, and he slid more into the inside. He was like the the an outside receiver in that Marquise Brown role uh, in that offense as a freshman. Well, they slid him inside. I like him a little bit more on the outside guys. Personally, Dan, I'm interested to kind of get your thoughts too. Ben, you and I have talked about him offline. Uh, I think he does his best work in the, the the vertical part of the field. He's a really good vertical route runner. He's not like a game breaker in terms of his true like explosive speed. I don't think he's a, a 4-3 kind of athlete, but I think when you look at his ability to work vertical and then finish down the field, he's one of the best that I've seen so far in this class at tracking the deep ball, adjusting, making plays over the shoulder, making plays over the top, above the rim, uh, even though he's not a big body uh, shows that ability to go up. So I think when you look at Marvin Mims, uh, this is a guy I think that can be a really nice compliment right now with what we've seen a really nice compliment in an NFL receiving core because of that ability to work down the field. I'd like to see him get a little bit better after the catch. It's a guy that's been an accomplished return man. Uh, he started his career as a punt returner. I'd like to see more of that transition to offense, you know, in the screen game. But uh, Dane, you said it. I mean, this is a new scheme on both sides of the football in Norman this year. So what will Marvin Mims look like? Will he be more of the slot guy that he was last year uh, or will he be more of an outside threat regardless? I mean, he was, he was a downfield option in both of those seasons. So I would expect that whoever's throwing passes uh, is going to be looking downfield for Marvin Mims, true junior, a guy to watch here moving forward uh, into his third season uh, with the Oklahoma Sooners. Ben, uh, who do you like here for, uh, for this category? Yeah, I think Mims can really be like a Tyler Lockett type at the next level if fans want a snapshot of the comparison. Is he the Hollywood Brown? I think Hollywood Brown, a little smaller, a little more elite speed. So I think Tyler Lockett's profile, I think, is an interesting comparison there. And speaking of Kansas State, they have one of the most fun, exciting players in college football and little running back Deuce Vaughn. And I say that because he is. He's 5'6", 170 pounds. This is a unique body type running back. Small frame, all intense. We are not hiding that. He is a small running back, but he is explosive. He is sudden. He is sharp. He is quick-footed. He is a playmaker in the run game and the pass game. Nearly 1,400 yards rushing last year, 18 touchdowns. But Fran, Dane, you guys know his biggest plays are in the pass game. Angle routes, screens, seam routes, a lot of creativity in the pass game. And you're thinking, five, six, he's not going to play running back in the NFL. Well, Tariq Cohen's doing it. You know, Darren Sproles did it. Philip Lindsley's having a nice career. Dave Meggett did it for a long time in the 90s. This has happened before. It's just not a conventional package. Deuce Vaughn, little 22, Deuce Deuce there at Kansas State. Exciting, exciting, explosive player. He will have a place on Sundays. What type of offense, what type of scheme, what type of role? That's all up in question right now. Struggles in pass pro, as you would expect. But I'm making somebody guard him on third down. I'm not keeping him in. He's going to be a scat type running back all day long. Angle routes, get him on matchups. Really fun player. Yeah, yeah, just a lethal dead leg in the hole too to make that first man miss. Uh, he's a he's a fun player to watch. Even if like you would say like, all right, I don't know if he's the best prospect you know in this country. He's just so much fun to watch. If you're just like want to just sit back and it's it's August and you just want to kind of watch a college player. 
just go watch Deuce Vaughn highlights. He's just a really fun player to take in. Uh, Dane, take us home. Who's a guy uh, that you want to hit on here? Yeah, so looking at this wide receiver class, um, Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, uh, Case Jambote from LSU. To me, those are the top two guys uh, at, at, the, at the top of the list. Then that next tier, a lot of different names that are being thrown around. And one of them that belongs in that tier for me is Quentin Johnson, uh, Johnston out of TCU, 6'4", uh, just under 215 pounds, long, flexible frame, uh, really athletic ball skills. He can track, he can win down the field. Just throw on that Oklahoma tape from last year, and you can't help but be intrigued with the package of skills uh, that he has to offer. So you watch him, you see a lot of Martavis Bryant, uh, you know, with what he does, that tall, lean body, but really athletic. Um, I mean, there's a lot to work with there. So I don't know that he's going to be a first round player, but at worst, we're talking about a day two player and in that second tier of wide receiver prospects this year. There you go, Ben. There's that Martavis Bryant comment. That's exactly who. <laughs> yeah. uh, you and he's in some rare statistical company too. The last two years to have 50 catches and average 19 per catch. So you have a good volume size, yet you're still explosive. It's like five guys in college football returning. Quentin Johnson's one of them. He's a guy who can win down the field with his speed, but also use his size and win within the route. Dane, you talked about that Oklahoma game. I'm still salivating over the Cal game, which he torched their corners for a couple touchdowns and big plays. Quentin Johnson's right there. I thought you hit it on the head right there in that next tier, that next hopper, that next wave of receivers after the Ohio State and LSU kids. Quentin's right there. Love it. All right. Well, it's uh, Ben. I'm going to bounce this back to you here. Uh, top senior on defense. So we'll go to the defensive side of the football. Dane, you alluded to it. Uh, maybe a little bit more excitement about this side of the ball going into the year uh, in this conference. But uh, Ben, who's the, the first name on the top of your tongue? Well, I'm going to hit you with two and to give you the, the Fennel special here and sneak two in real fast, just like on offensive line, a lot of veteran experienced senior middle linebackers in this conference. Seems like that happens every year. They're never the crushes of the draft community, but they go in sixth, seventh undrafted and play forever. And they're on rosters and playing special teams. And next thing you know, there's an injury and they're starting games on, on Sundays. And I think that's just, that's going to be D winners at a TCU. It's going to be Dylan Doyle out of Baylor. These are guys that are going to test okay, have tons of production, be experienced, smart, leaders, captains, special team stalwarts, and fill out NFL rosters. So D winners at TCU, Dylan Doyle over at Baylor, tackling machines. I expect them both to be right around 100 tackles this season. We'll see if they can make a couple big splash plays or maybe catch some lightning in a bottle uh, with their team success and help their draft stocks. All right, so some guys under the radar there at linebacker. Uh, Dane, let's go to a, a pass rusher that has been really, really productive whenever he's been on the field. Uh, who's your guy here for this category? Yeah, I'm going to go with Will McDonald, uh, Iowa State. And, and you you mentioned it, that the production just you know jumps out. Um, I, I cannot get on the first-round train with, with Will McDonald. I'm just not there. Um, I think the lack of play strength is a real concern. He can get pushed away from the pocket. Uh, he'll struggle versus doubles. Uh, teams are not afraid to run at him. But he has speed that can challenge a corner, and that's what NFL teams are interested in. Um, and as a senior, I really want to see him add a little more deception to his rush plan. I think we saw it evolve uh, in a good way uh, over the course of his 2021 film. Um, but, you know, you're betting on those traits and the ability to get to the quarterback – 
Um, I, Will McDonald has a lot that you can work with. So um, would not be surprised if, you know, he can, he ends up as a top 20 prospect. He has that type of potential um, right now. I'm not quite there, but the talent, very few questions about the pure talent. And some things the NFL loves his length and his athleticism. He has certainly has some things that they, you can't teach. Now it's just the technique, the play strength and getting better, which he's just kind of flattening off a little bit. This is a guy that has some really freaky athleticism. He won the state discus title wearing Chuck Taylor converses. It was almost like a hobby for him, a little joke, literally his videos online, find it. Third in the high jump in the States, a double-double kid in basketball, 6'4", 240. He's a good-looking kid. Now let's put it all together and become a good football player. And I think that's what a lot of eyeballs are going to be watching this year. So I'm going to keep moving back into the secondary. Uh, I'm going to go with TCU corner Trevious Hodges Tomlinson. He's the nephew of uh, NFL Hall of Fame running back LaDainian Tomlinson. And Trevious might be my pick or my early pick for like my Roger McCreary-esque kind of like undersized, really instinctive, scrappy corner uh, here in this class. And when you look at him, he's – He's small. I mean, there's there's no getting around uh, his size, and that will be an issue for some here as we move into the season. But I think when you look at at his frame, what he does at under five foot eight, under 180 pounds, uh, this is a guy that uh, is really scrappy, really competitive. I love his play personality. Number one, he's really silky smooth in and out of breaks. He's got that ability to match receivers uh, at every level of the field. He can turn and run. I wouldn't say that he's like a burner, but he's got that ability to keep pace. And I don't think I'm worried about uh, his speed at all. Vertically down the field. He was able to consistently jump routes. He's got a feel for route combinations from depth. He does a really nice job playing from off coverage. He's just really sticky in man to man. Now, entering last year, he had zero picks. But he had two last year. He's got a knack for getting the ball on the ground, and he just doesn't give up a lot of reception. When you look at oh, the one PFF stat uh, that I'll look at is the uh, the percentage of targets caught. So, and, and targets, I, I always get that's gonna be a little bit tough uh, to be able to kind of gauge. Oh, was this corner targeted in coverage? Well, forty two point seven percent of his targets, according to PFF, were caught. That's an outstanding number when you look at uh, corners drafted uh, in the PFF college era. So, I look at how Hodges Tomlinson. The film backs that up. Just a really sticky man corner. He can come down and chip in in the run game. Uh, he can play man or zone. It's just a matter of if the size is going to turn people off. And again, at under 5'8", uh, 177 pounds, got short arms, under 30-inch arms. Uh, we talked about it with McCreary last year. If he if his arms were a half an inch longer, he's probably in the first round. Uh, but then with that size, uh, that kind of dinged him a little bit for people. I think that'll be the conversation here uh, with Hodges Tomlinson. But uh, a really fun player that I really, really liked watching. Um, let's stay here on the defensive side of the football and now kind of shift it to underclassmen. Guys we're kind of intrigued by and, and who we're excited to see take that next step here this year. Dane, uh, I'll come to you first. So I'm going to go, um, go to Baylor and uh, a, 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 one of the big guys up front, uh, Apu Ika, uh, the LSU transfer. He, he was really good as an underclassman at LSU. Then he goes to Baylor, follows his uh, Dave Aranda and a big boy, 6'4". He's over 350. Uh, you know, we, with measurables like that, you're thinking, uh, you know, okay, a run plugger, sub package, uh, down lineman, but, uh, you know, throw on the, you know, old miss, uh, tape and you could see him get after the, the, the quarterback a little bit. He can, you know, get, get his way into the pocket. So, uh, he moves well for that size. Uh, you know, he's a, technically a red shirt junior. Um, so this will be, uh, what going into his fifth season. Um, he's a player that I would not be surprised if he could inch his way up into that top 40 conversation, top 30 conversation. Maybe he has the talent to do it. Um, and he's, and he's not, you know, 
we talked about Jordan Davis last year, how he averaged, you know, 25 snaps a game. Uh, he goes, he's up towards like 40 snaps a game. So, I mean, he's playing a lot of football uh, in, in a conference that, you know, we know can play offense. So interested to watch him this year, see if he's even better than what the 2021 uh, film showed. That's a, that's a good call. I, I'm, I have not done the deep dive on him yet. I'm going to talk about another Ballard defensive tackle coming up, uh, but definitely a player to keep an eye on is the LSU transfer. Uh, I will stick with the defensive line, and I'm going to go with Kansas State pass rusher Felix DK Uzama. Uh, and I think when you look at uh, Uzama, uh, 6'3", 255, so kind of a, a nondescript frame, but this is a, just a high-motor power rusher. Uh, he's not going to wow you with his athleticism. He could turn the corner a little bit, but the flexibility is not going to, you know, it's not eye-popping. I think when you look at him, this is a guy that can win with a long arm. He can set up speed to power. He does that pretty well. He's been really productive. That's the other big thing. I mean, this is a guy that just last year in his first year as a starter, 50 tackles, 14 and a half TFLs, 11 sacks, uh, six forced fumbles. So getting the ball back uh, for the offense, first team all conference. He was the defensive lineman of the year in the conference as a true sophomore. So I think when you look at Anudike Uzama, uh, this is a player that uh, you can kind of really quickly pigeonhole and say, okay, high motor, power leverage player. He's not going to wow you from an athleticism standpoint, probably early to mid day three, right? And real quick, you can kind of look at the profile and get a sense of it. Uh, we'll see if he can become more than that. Uh, but this is a guy I just enjoyed watching. And it's a skill set, honestly. That transitions well to the NFL. And we see guys like this get drafted every year. We see guys like this contribute to NFL rosters every year. Uh, so I would keep an eye there on Anudika Uzama uh, from Kansas State. He's a good player. I think we touched on him last year because he had some flash games with, I think, five, six sacks, even had a couple taken back with some penalties down the field. So he's yes. got some high, high production games there, Fran. It's actually on my notes that you were the first that I had seen that, that brought him up last October. So uh, I'll give the tip of the cap for you there. I had a bad stretch last year of suggesting names that were tough to pronounce. I'm going all simpletons this year. I'm really excited. I'm going to kind of give the pronunciations a break. And I think uh, my next guy kind of fits that bill. And we're going to go with defensive back corner, DJ Graham out of Oklahoma, who's six foot, just under 200 pounds, true junior. This is a four-star, excellent high school receiver, exceptionally athletic, but he is a very raw cornerback. Now, he struggles with his anticipation, his route ID, and just his feel in the route stems um, are just a little bit raw, a little bit, you know, underdeveloped. But he can make some wild plays on you with just being an athlete out there, as we all saw, all saw with probably the best interception in college football last year, the one that he one-handed but backhanded while he sprung full extension out. I don't remember who that was Crazy against, play. but I think you guys all know who I'm talking about in the play that I'm talking about. But look at the bowl game, gave up two touchdowns against Oregon, needs to be more physical in his jams and his route stems, very raw, but exceptionally athletic. So I just want to see where his game goes at the next level. That's why he fits the category. He's intriguing. So let's see if he takes that next step. He could take the step backwards too, but he fits this category because he's intriguing and has a lot of things we can't teach. Now let's see if he can transition that to actually playing some good cornerback. All right, well, let's get to the next category here. And that's our biggest sleeper. Someone who we think is just flying under the radar. I want to set the definition because some of these guys aren't always uh, sleepers. And, and that's actually the, how I want to categorize uh, my pick here. And that's Iowa State wide receiver Xavier Hutchinson. And Ben, before you get started, you're going to say, oh, whoa, whoa, this guy set the school record. He had 83 catches last year. He's first team all conference each of the last two years. How can he be a sleeper? Well, I'm looking at Hutchinson and I'm like, I don't know why he's not kind of zoomed in that same tier, that same bucket, that same uh, barrel of receivers as like a Quentin Johnson. I look at Xavier Hutchinson, 6'3", 210 pounds. 
He's not like a like a freak show athlete, but this guy's a more than good enough athlete. But more importantly, I see a guy that number one automatic at the catch point. He catches everything show, uh, thrown his way. Uh, not many drops at all. He can show the ability to adjust outside of his frame. He can go up and over if he's the asked to. Really good contested catch player, and he was asked to do that a lot uh, in that offense last year. So this is a guy that can finish at the catch point. Really good play strength from snap to finish. He can beat the jam with play strength. He can win mid-route, and he can win at the catch point. I think he's really coming along as a route runner. He holds his vertical stem really well. He can win at all three areas of the field. He does a nice job, like I said, against press coverage. Like I said, I don't think he's a special athlete, but I, I wrote down a couple different names and they're kind of differing in terms of like skill set and body type, but that's what that, that's what really intrigues me so much about Xavier Hutchinson. I wrote down, uh, uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown from USC. Who's he's a smaller body type, but this is a guy that can line up inside outside and show that ability to win. Uh, he's got that, uh, you know, that, that, that knack for creating separation. Uh, he's just a really, really fun player from that standpoint. I also wrote down Gabriel Davis, who is now going into his third year. He's more in terms of the body type and the inside out versatility. And I think I kind of like the Davis comp a little bit more. Hutchinson's a fun player. Again, he was a Juco transfer. He came in in 2020 and just took off like gangbusters. Big 12 offensive newcomer of the year. First team all conference. He had 64 grabs that year. Comes back a year later. 83 catches as a school record. First team all conference. Xavier Hutchinson. uh, This is a guy I'm really, really excited about. I want to keep an eye on him as we move forward here uh, into his senior season with the Cyclones. Uh, Ben, who's your sleeper? Who do you like here for this pick? Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. I didn't I didn't love his 2020 stuff where he was the Big 12 Newcomer of the Year and then really surprised me last year and I think really became a better receiver despite kind of being buried behind Brees Hall's production and the way they like to feature the tight ends in that offense, still put up some big numbers. Really excited yep. for them to kind of let him eat and let him be the feature guy in that offense. So he might have a huge season coming up here. Sleeper, I don't see a lot of conversation about right now. Is this tight end H-back Braden Willis out of Oklahoma? This kid is a good-looking football player at 6'4", almost 240 pounds. He's athletic. He's tough. He's versatile. I think we all know kind of how Oklahoma has used those H-back tight ends over the years, um, whether it's Jeremiah Hall or I'm blanking on some of the names that came out uh, recently. But um, you guys all know it's not a true Y tight end. It's not a flex slot type. It's literally almost like an athletic fullback profile. That's what Braden Willis is. He's 6'4", 240, shredded, athletic. Oh, yeah, over 650 special team snaps in his career. That just speaks to his all-around athleticism and ability to contribute. It's his time to shine now as a senior, and I think he could have a big season, maybe be a red zone weapon, maybe have a couple big pancake blocks and paving the way for Eric Gray and some of those running backs. Braden Willis, Oklahoma, good-looking kid. Don't sleep on him. I love it. Uh, and, you know, like you mentioned, a long line of Oklahoma tight ends kind of fitting that role. We'll see how that role changes for Willis uh, with the new scheme there in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, Dane, who do you like here? Biggest sleeper, uh, final one for this category. Kendra Miller, running back from TCU. Uh, and when I was studying Zach Evans, who one of the best running backs in the entire nation, uh, who now at Ole Miss – uh, but when I was studying him, you couldn't help when his backup number 33 came onto the field and there wasn't a huge drop off in production uh, when Miller entered the game. He's a good sized athlete. Uh, he's six foot 220 uh, quickness, power. He can break tackles. He can catch the football. And, and with Evans transferring out Miller, he's, he's going to be the guy. His usage rate is now going to increase as a junior um, average over 7.5 yards per carry last year at seven touchdowns. 
I wouldn't be surprised if Miller emerges as kind of a uh, legit running back prospect who might have an NFL decision to make after the season. And so we have a new offense uh, at TCU, uh, with, you know, Sonny Dykes coming and taking over. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, how that running back uh, position evolves. Are they going to use more of a committee? Are they going to rely on Miller to be the guy? Um, I just, I just hope he gets his chance because uh, when I was, when I saw him last year uh, on, on the tape, he was pretty impressive. Hmm. A guy that honestly could fit into uh, the most approved category, which is our next one. And that's something to prove a guy that maybe it's a scheme change, a role change coming off an injury, whatever it is, Ben, you and I were kind of joking uh, before the show that there are a lot of guys we could have picked uh, for this category, plenty of players uh, with something to prove. And I'll let you kick things off here for this one. Who's your pick for this category? There are certainly a lot of guys. I think I have the poster child and I might've picked this guy last year as crazy as that is. And that's TCU corner, Noah Daniels who's six foot, 195, now going into, I believe, his sixth year at TCU. But he's only played 510 snaps in five seasons. He did have a redshirt in there in 2017, missed all of 2019. Strong start to 2020, hurt after four games. Strong start to 2021, only six games. This is a press man corner, very sticky, great cover corner, very stingy, allowing receptions when he's out there just never out there because of the injuries stacking up. Now, I'm not going to give you a profile of what all the injuries were and what was reoccurring, what was lingering, what was from high school. Do your background on that stuff. This is a guy that was a 10-3, 400-meter guy. This is a great, great football player and athlete and cover man when he's healthy. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to be. This is a guy that whose medicals are going to be under the microscope. But Noah Daniels, Put together a strong campaign here. Be on the field for the full season. Check those medicals in the offseason and get on with your professional career because you have ability. But most approved, Noah Daniels, this is his category. Well, Dr. Ben checking in. Uh, it's uh, an easy, <laughs> easy home run pick here uh, for that category. Dane, I'll come to you next. Uh, who's the guy that stands out to you? Going back to his time at Tennessee, it, it was very easy to see the talent with running back Eric Gray. Uh, last year, he transferred to Oklahoma, kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit behind Kennedy Brooks. Um, and, and but, but when he got his chances, when he when you saw him on the field, you saw the talent. He's built well for the NFL. He's got the receiving chops. Um, I don't think we've seen him play his best football yet. So you know, the category is most approved. Gray in that new look Sooners offense, I, I think he definitely qualifies, uh, you know, and I, I think this is his chance to show that, hey, I am a legit NFL prospect. Uh, I can be the feature back of an offense. So Eric Gray, definitely a lot to prove this year to to scouts, to himself, to, um, you know, that Oklahoma program. And then I also wanted to mention an, an honorable mention here, uh, Texas Tech quarterback Tyler Shuck, who he looked like a future draft pick at Oregon. Uh, then he transferred yep. to Texas Tech. He missed most of last year with an injury. So I'm just interested to see what he looks like uh, now in 2022. Love it. That's a good call. And another name to uh, to kind of sneak in there. There's a few quarterbacks in this conference uh, that are worth talking about in that vein. Uh, for me, I'm going to round it out with one of the bigger names, I think, in this conference. And he, he had a lot of buzz a year ago at this time. And that's Texas linebacker Demarion Overshawn. Uh, and I think a lot of that buzz was because of the success that Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa had at Notre Dame the year before. He goes and he becomes a top 50 pick by the Cleveland Browns coming out of Notre Dame. And Overshawn, kind of that same kind of background, is a, a former safety, converting to linebacker, six two and a half, just over 220 pounds. He's got long arms. You say, oh, man, like this guy just looks like uh, that ultimate positionless player, that uh, defensive weapon. 
He's just a guy that has to continue to put it all together. He doesn't play a ton in the box. He played more in the box last year than he had in his entire career. So I think when you look at this, this is a guy that's still kind of learning to play in traffic with bodies around him. He's just got to get better against the run. Uh, there's just no question about it. Over 20% of missed tackle rate uh, right now. It's a really, really poor number. Uh, the, the negative plays against the run have just got to improve. And I think when you look at overall, the athletic skill set, Absolutely there. This is a rangy, explosive, twitched up, fluid guy. I mean, any term, any buzzword you want to talk about with athleticism, throw it out there with Overshone. I think overall, though, you just need to see the consistency to give people uh, you know, the, that confidence that he can come in and be a three-down presence at the linebacker spot. So talent, upside, no question. He's going into his senior season. Uh, what will he look like here? This is a super, He's a super senior here this year. What will he look like uh, for the Longhorns? It's going to be big here in his second, se- second season in this new scheme. Uh, he's a player I think with the most approved in the Big 12. Um, we've talked about a couple transfers. Uh, Dane, you hit on a couple with Tyler Shuck, with Eric Gray. Uh, let's talk about some newcomers on the scene. Yeah, this could be a transfer. It could be a replacement player stepping in for a guy now in the NFL. And for that, Dane, I will uh, bounce back to you. Who's a guy that's uh, new to this conference here this year at this time last year we were talking a lot about jaleel billingsley uh as potentially that next great tight end prospect uh this is when he was at alabama a uh, highly recruited player uh special athlete and nick saban even said that literally quote quote unquote special athlete so zero question about the physical ability but the focus uh the coachability issues those were a p- persistent theme for him and really why he underwhelmed last season. Uh, didn't see as many snaps as we expected. Uh, the production did not match the talent. So in the offseason, he enters the transfer portal, ends up at Texas, and we'll see if those issues follow him uh, to Austin or maybe just that change of scenery uh, is what he needed. Uh, you know, allow that talent to really blossom. And it's going to be interesting because he's not much of a blocker. And this spring, he measured only 213 pounds uh, for scouts. So is this guy just going to be a big slot more so than a true tight end? I mean, we know the, the lines are already very blurred. But, I mean, if you're not even 220, 225, you know, that, that could be an issue uh, for a guy like Billingsley. But it's going to be interesting to see how he's used, what type of role, and can he kind of rebuild his draft stock uh, in the eyes of NFL scouts. Yeah, he entered the transfer portal a day after the national title game, and it didn't take long for him to him to end up uh, in Austin with his former coach, Steve Sarkeesian. So uh, a big year upcoming for Jaleel Billingsley. Uh, I want to go to a guy that came in, another transfer. This guy came in from a lower level of competition, uh, and I would say that there have been uh, there have not been many defenders that have been as productive the last two seasons in the AAC than Jackson Player from when he was at Tulsa. He's undersized. He's 6'1", 300 pounds. So you're talking like in that Grady Jarrett type of body type, right? That Geno Atkins type of body type. But this guy has been so productive. Oh, just over 1,500 snaps played. 31 TFLs, eight sacks, 16 hits in the quarterback, 64 quarterback hurries. This guy is just so, so disruptive. And the, the efficiency metrics, like the win rate stuff, all of that points at a really, really high regard towards Jackson player. He's coming now into Baylor. He's going to play uh, right next to Apu Ika, the player that, uh, that Dane broke, broke down earlier. I think when you look at that, that duo, probably the most impressive defensive tackle combination, maybe in the country, certainly with upperclassmen. And I think when you look at player, uh, he is a guy not to be slept on going into his super senior season. He's taking advantage of that extra COVID year. He's going to go play up here in the big 12 uh, Jackson player, uh, a guy that I would keep an eye on here, Ben, uh, a guy that's been uh, again, tearing up the AAC the last two years. Yeah, two really good picks there. I'll throw in one transfer, Isaiah Nair. 
going to Texas via Wyoming, really interesting, thick body receiver at 6'3", almost 220. He's explosive, long, competitive. And their new receiver coach, Brendan Marion at Texas, coming over from Pitt. Oh, yeah, he coached yep. Jordan Addison last year, Blitnikoff winner. Another guy, Nair, 50 catch, over 50 catches, average over 19 per catch. The last two seasons, explosive, big play threat. And I'll give you one guy that's going to replace – or step up for a guy that's now off to the okay. NFL. Well, the Brock Purdy show is over at Iowa State. So who's next? Hunter Decker, Iowa State, 6'3", 225. He was the 2019 Iowa Gatorade Player of the Year. Exceptional, exceptional athlete. Was an All-State pitcher, All-State basketball. Really reminds me a lot of Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold had some of that crazy athleticism in his background as well. That thick body kind of frame. He doesn't look very mobile, but he is. And he's tough, has a big arm. Will he end up being a Sam Darnold type? We'll see. But I just love uh, the opportunity for Hunter Decker out there. Big Xavier Hutchinson, big receiver out there to pull in some uh, some of those balls for you and be a quarterback's best friend. So no more Brock Purdy. Hunter Decker out there looks like he is up to the challenge. And we would be remiss if we didn't also mention uh, new West Virginia quarterback JT Daniels uh, coming in oh, right. from yeah. Georgia. Uh, the last two years he was at uh, USC and then he lost it. He was starting as a true freshman, lost his job when he got hurt, goes to Georgia. Again, like inconsistencies and injuries, he loses the job to Stetson Bennett midway through the year, and Bennett goes on and helps lead Georgia to that national title. So Daniels, he moves on to West Virginia, another name to keep an eye on here uh, in this conference. Guys, our last category, and that's our future stud. This is a player that's not draft eligible for next season, for 2023, but we're needing to watch for the future. And for me, this was kind of easy. And I'm going to go with a guy that played last year at the University of Texas, and that's the wide receiver, Xavier Worthy, who just stepped on campus and became a 12-game starter as a true freshman, 6'1", 160 pounds, so still very physically underdeveloped. Uh, but this guy had over 60 catches, just under 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. He was first-team all-conference as a true freshman, Big 12 Offensive Freshman of the Year. He was outstanding after the catch, rarely put the ball on the ground, uh, showed the ability to create separation, Xavier Worthy, he's a true. He's now going to be a true sophomore, so we're not talking about him until at least 2024. File that name away for later. He, he's a guy that we will definitely, almost certainly be talking about uh, once we get there. Uh, ben, who do you like here for this category? All right, one on each side of the ball here. Not eligible. We're just going to file it away for later. Oklahoma State defensive end Colin Oliver, true sophomore, was the Big 12 freshman of the year last year. Yep. Look out for him, an absolute quarterback killer coming off the edge uh, for Mike Gundy and those Oklahoma State and then West Virginia, they got a guy that looks a lot like Quentin Johnston at receiver, 6'4", 210, true sophomore. That's Caden, or excuse me, yeah, Caden Prather. Big, tall, long receiving weapon. Should be opposite of Bryce Ford Wheaton, I believe is his name, yep. a receiver yep. on the other side. So a couple interesting playmakers there at West Virginia. But Caden Prather, only a true sophomore, but he looks the part. Well, Dana, we got one of the biggest names in college football here that I know you're going to take us home with. Yeah, of course, talking about Quinn Ewers, uh, transfer from Ohio State, who you know was one of the most hyped recruits we've seen. Um, we don't really have a sample size for him on the field yet. He had he saw this, the field maybe twice at Ohio State last year, which, is of course, was supposed to be his senior year in high school. Maybe some maturity things there. He's going to go to Texas now, closer to home. We'll see how that works out for him. Not officially the starter yet for the Longhorns, but I think everyone expects it to go that way. Uh, but in terms of hype, uh, there, there's uh, quite a bit of it for that Texas quarterback situation uh, that didn't didn't hurt that Arch Manning also committed there for uh, the year after. So a lot of intrigue with that Texas quarterback situation. And so it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. 
I heard they have daily practice challenges, whether he can overthrow Xavier Worthy, who has a complete track background, explosive profile, and Quinn Ewers. You know, when they say some quarterbacks have some arm strength limitations, yeah, that's nowhere on his profile. This kid has a howitzer of an arm with a track speed receiver. Probably some fun practice uh, shot plays uh, being drawn up by Sark out there. So look for that connection this season. Well, the the Texas quarterback uh, competition in the next couple of years is going to be a lot of fun uh, for sure. Yours right in the middle uh, of that discussion. Well, guys, uh, this has been fun. Obviously, look, the, the Big 12, not known for always putting out the blue chip talent, but plenty of intriguing players here in this conference. We'll be back a week from now, the three of us breaking down the Pac-12. We'll go out west. Uh, we'll break down some of the top players on that coast, and we'll do it all right here on the Journey of the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand.